0: engineering management can be a lonely place welcome to managers
1: club where you'll find interviews with top engineering leaders and managers to help and inspire you listen to the real life stories of successful and ambitious engineering leaders who are focused to lead their teams to
0: bigger and better outcomes this is managers club
1: Hey, good afternoon. So um, with me today, I have Himanshu Galot. Welcome to Managers Club, Himanshu. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Vidal. Himanshu, maybe just say a few words. Tell us uh, what is your current role? Uh, what do you do? So I'm currently a director
0: of engineering at Lambda School. I started, Lam- I started working at Lambda School in October last year, and I've been leading two teams there right now, admissions engineering and learning engineering. Before I joined Lambda School, I was at Amazon, where I worked for about seven years. Um, about three of them were as an engineer, and then I became a manager at Amazon Music. And before that, I was an engineer at CBS Interactive, and then a student.
1: How many people do you are on your engineering team? Do you, do you manage, Himanshu at Lambda School?
0: Yeah, right now, I have about 10 people reporting to me in both the teams, admissions, as well as learning engineering and the teams are growing i mean lambda school has recently raised 3C. so we are we are going to grow a lot right now
1: that's great a lot of people who listen and read managers club like want to become engineering managers so could you talk a little bit about your transition and how you got into management at amazon
0: yeah so i initially so i started as an engineer with a background in machine learning and natural language processing after my master's from Carnegie Mellon, I joined CBS Interactive as an engineer working in the same fields than at Amazon, working in ads and search. During that time, I realized that I have been good at managing things, not people yet, but I've, I was actually good at managing things, managing my projects, leading them end-to-end, uh, delivering them on time and so on. I had also mentored a lot of interns and engineers I was also involved in a lot of university recruiting. I was also a a trainer at Amazon Bootcamp, and I also organized a few hackathons at Amazon. I was realizing that I was moving more and more towards a more management role, where I was trying to take up a lot more ownership uh, than just as an engineer. Uh, And I realized that moving to management is is something that I want to do, uh, and is also the right next step in my career. So, uh, during one of my training sessions at Amazon's New SD Boot Camps, uh, which was at Amazon Music, I was meeting one of my former managers. Uh, this person was my manager at CBS, uh, which is my first company. And we were talking and um, his name is Dustin. Dustin said that he has a manager's, uh, a manager's position open uh, on his team and he would like me to consider, consider that, that role. And I did some analysis. I got back home, I did some analysis and I figured this is the this is the right opportunity for me to take up. So I interviewed with this team, I got in and hence I became a manager. That's great.
1: How did you find it? I mean, as you transitioned to manager from being an IC?
0: I actually after a few months I realized that I think I was like I was made for it. Uh, because I, I liked it a lot. A lot of the things that I was already doing as an engineer were in the realm of managing things, except for actually managing people, like managing people who are reporting to you. I like one of the things that i been that I had already been doing was uh, organizing things and uh, like organizing chaos, which is also one of the values that I follow. So when I became a manager, I started with making sure that everything is set up, like my team should look perfect. My team should have a wiki. My team should be discoverable. My team should have up-to-date documentation about exactly all the things that we are doing. And anyone should be able to just go to my team's wiki, figure out figure out all the things that we are doing, figure out all the things about our projects. When we start a project, we, everyone should know exactly where we are. Like The projects are tracked really well. I should always know who's working on exactly what project so that I can make right decisions about assigning the right engineer to the right projects and like setting up the right meetings, creating the right processes. So I think it was just the way I had approached projects as an engineer, like keeping them all organized, making sure they are discoverable, making sure all the information is available to, to anyone as a customer of that project. I, I took the same approach to management too, making sure that, my customers, customers of my team, are able to understand my team, and that they are able to understand the things which are going on in my team. And I am able to create the right kind of processes in the team, which will allow me to be a little bit hands-off manager, and things should just operate smoothly.
1: Um, wow, you are really organized. I, I have to say, lots of engineering teams and organizations I've worked in, things are are not always so well organized or documented. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Could you share with us what are some of the uh, biggest challenges you face now as an engineering leader? Yeah,
0: so I made a big move from like a big company like Amazon, having worked there for almost seven years, to, to a relatively lesser-known and very early-stage startup like Lambda School, which was in Series B when I joined it. And there were ample challenges for me when I made that move a lot of the things that i had heard from people talking about what ch- challenges i may face when i'm moving when i'm making this change were mostly that it'll be difficult for me to adjust to this to this new start new way of working uh, like a, there's going to be new processes or basically there won't be any processes and there won't be things that you can just use from your experience at amazon but there won't be a lot of things that you can use from your experience at amazon just because it's a completely different company um, I faced some of those challenges. I definitely things were not organized. Definitely there were no processes to start with, but those are also opportunities for me to actually use my learnings from Amazon. Think about the ways in which they can be tweaked to work at a startup and then implement them in a way that I can always iterate and figure out what's working, what's not, and then move on. So for example, like one of the processes that I implemented. So, firstly, like a challenge. One of the challenges was there were a lot of our customers uh, were filing a lot of bugs on the engineering teams, and those bugs were a lot of those bugs were just getting lost. Uh, and there were like almost 200 or 300 bugs uh, in our engineering backlog. We did not have a process to go through to go through those bugs. So I I took learnings from the Amazon's on-call process and. Personally, I floated this idea that we start a very lightweight on-call process at, at Lambda School, where uh, we always know what things are prioritized, we always know that there is an owner for these bugs every week, so everyone understands what is the process to file a bug, and who to reach out to whenever there is a bug. So people are, people are not talking to everyone on the engineering team whenever they have a bug, uh, and things are getting resolved. and we can reach out to a single person uh, and know the status of of different bugs. And this person would also be uh, not working on any other project during that one week. They will just be assigned to just work on the bugs. So I floated this idea, wrote a documentation on how how this would work. It was very well received, but at the same time, there were lots of suggestions because it was a discussion discussion among the team. There were lots of suggestions from different team members on how this can be actually tweaked to work at Lambda School. And we made all those changes. And we started with a very lightweight process, which actually turned out really well. Like it, it's we started churning through our bugs backlog. And we also reached a stage where we also started organizing bug bash sessions, where if our backlog is has grown to more to, to like more than 50 bugs, we would churn through that. So that, that worked really well.
1: That sounds good. So you have a good on-call process now and the people on on-call, like they focus on burning down the bugs, it sounds like. Yeah. Could you share with us a lesson you learned either at Lambda School or Amazon as an engineering leader? In
0: hindsight, I think uh, being empathetic and building a loyal team matters a lot. Uh, whenever I look at the teams that I have led, either at Amazon or Lambda School, And whenever I see at other teams led by other engineering leaders, I do see that teams who have teams who are loyal to their manager, teams who are uh, teams who really operate as a unit, where there is little competition, where they know that there is always they have each other to support and they have their manager to support them, and where they know that their manager has their back, those teams are the ones who do really well. They are also the ones whenever whenever you need them. Whenever we need to, whenever there's a deadline, those teams are the one which will actually uh, not shy away from working with their leader and, and actually making sure that things get done. So keeping a tab on Teams Health, for example, I use a tool called Office Vibe at Lambda School, which is very similar to another tool that I used to use at Amazon, and I roll out weekly surveys to the team where the team tells me about all the different uh, where the team gives me gives scores on different things that they are uh, that they are doing on a day-to-day basis for example are they satisfied with their manager uh, how was the workload how's their work-life balance um so they, they score all these aspects through this tool and i take a look at it on a weekly basis Uh, So I think building a really healthy team and always keeping a tab on team's health, offering them mentorship, always making sure that you are listening to them in one-on-ones, providing them regular feedback, discussing their issues, having their back. All of that matters, uh, matters a lot when you are an engineering leader. Build a solid team.
1: That's really great. I, um, you mentioned this tool, Office Vibe. I've heard of the tool mm-hmm. and doing like weekly surveys with the team. I actually haven't done that myself, but I kind of, one thought I have, I'm sure some other people have is, is, is that like too much, you know, to be sending people surveys every week. It sounds like that, that works well for you though.
0: It works well for me because the survey takes like two minutes. It's just simple button clicks and it's a weekly survey. So it's not like, daily basis well at amazon it was actually too much i would say because at amazon mm-hmm. we used to receive a daily question uh, and it was a mandatory question that everyone at amazon had to answer and
1: i've heard of that yes uh, like a lot of
0: people were were also like pissed and they would just answer whatever <laughs> to those questions but it worked well for managers but i think daily uh, daily at a startup where people are just busy with so many other things, it's better to have weekly surveys rather than daily.
1: Could you talk a little bit about your approach to hiring? And I guess you have very different experience. So you've you've worked at Amazon, which is a very big famous tech company that everybody wants to work for. And now you have a startup. And so it must be a very different challenge, I assume, for you. Or, Or tell me, what's it like?
0: Yeah, coming from Amazon, Hiring was definitely uh, a different, uh, it it was kind of a culture shock for me. I I shouldn't say that it was a culture shock. I was expecting that it's going to be difficult. And then I've worked on a lot lot of things uh, which has made it much smoother now. So at Amazon, uh, one of the big things or advantages that you have at Amazon is that whenever there's an open position in your team, there are so many internal transfers and you can always hire from one of those so you can either reach out to people who are interested in your job postings or they will usually be people interested in your job in your job postings so hiring was pretty easy unless it is like a senior position then you'll have to wait for months to get the right candidate at lambda school uh, with such a small team size there is virtually no internal transfers So you have to always reach out to external candidates. You have to, as a manager, like recruiters are definitely doing their job. They are doing a lot in terms of sourcing, but as a manager, you yourself have to also spend a lot of time in actually sourcing candidates, reaching out uh, through your LinkedIn profile, reaching out to different candidates uh, on different, uh, on different platforms sourcing and then making sure that the candidate is having a great experience when they are coming on site so one of the things that i did when i uh, when i had been at lambda school for a couple of months and i realized that our hiring process is needs some improvement i used a lot of learnings from my experience at amazon and I, I used to i i created a a more streamlined process where there would always be a pre brief before an interview, where anyone attending the on-site interview, the the whole interview loop, they would know exactly what competencies they are they are going to test a candidate for. All those competencies need to be well defined. All of these things actually didn't exist. They are pretty common at big companies, but at Lambda School, it wasn't there. So everyone would have well-defined competencies. They would have to write on-site feedback based on these competencies and be very objective about their reasoning in terms of a higher or no higher decision. And the reasoning needs to be unbiased based on evidence rather than just their feelings. And I actually documented all this process. Like this is how we should provide feedback. This is how we should make a higher and no higher decision. This is how we should conduct debriefs and so on. So I worked a lot on that. The process is much smoother now. It's also fully documented. And I think our hiring process has evolved a lot now.
1: It sounds like you, yes, like you really organized it and put some some good structure and stuff on it. That's great. Could you say, what would be your advice for managers who are just starting out?
0: I would suggest two things. One is to get mentorship. Not necessarily a mentor, but... A mentorship which could be you know just find people who are good at different skills and ask them how they are how they are doing uh, in those skills how they're managing those skills so that would be my first advice and i can expand on that second would be resist the urge to do things yourself and try to delegate as much as you can or at least create try to move towards a framework where you become a really hands-off manager, where the team should be able to operate without you eventually. So you should have that, that kind of delegation in your teams. Obviously, you will definitely be needed, but but you need to try to move towards a future where, where the team is running itself. That's how you will scale.
1: Yeah, like a self-organizing, self-managing team is what you're aiming for. Yeah, I think that's really important, you know, that the team should operate. Like, if the, manager, if the team falls apart when the manager leaves, then it's, then it's a sign it wasn't really a good manager, you know. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, managing a team means that a framework has been created.
1: Now, I know you said earlier, like, you're super organized. So, I'm curious what is your workday like? How do you manage your time, emails, calendar? like all the demands put on you.
0: I start, so my day starts usually, a lot of people disagree, but my day starts with actually checking my emails. And I devote about 30 minutes to check my emails. Sometimes, obviously, sometimes it, it may be just a time sink when you have to just when you are spending more than you are required to on your emails. But I try to make sure that I'm taking action on some of the important stuff. I don't want to miss out on the important emails at the start of my day. Calendar is mostly already organized because all the right meetings should already have been set up before before the day starts. And I follow a managers versus makers schedule in terms of uh, setting up meetings, where I think this was a concept. I read about this concept through Paul Graham's yeah. essays. Paul Graham, who's the Y Combinator founder, and I used to follow it at Amazon. I re- I really like it. I think and and according to it, it's basically a manager's job is to to take up. All the burden of meetings and processes and all those things and they need to make sure that they are clearing a path for the maker who are the engineers on the team. So whenever I'm organizing meetings or creating a new process. I'm making sure that I'm not creating obstacles for engineers. So, for example, if I'm setting up a meeting. I try to set it up so that my schedule might be disturbed, but my engineers meetings are just aligned with one after other. I don't want, I I usually do not set up a meeting right in the middle of the day with an engineer,
1: just because it's convenient for me. That's fantastic. Wow. So it, I mean, it's
0: a bit disruptive for me, but I think it's fine for managers to have disruptive uh, meeting schedules. And uh, it's actually not too much disruptive because anyways, a lot of my time during the day is spent in meetings and I have specific blocks for, for working on different things. But I'm also not actually writing code, which requires three to four hours of concentration at least. So it's fine if I'm spending like 30 minutes and going through my emails and then 30 minute, in, 30 minute in, in a meeting. And then after that, I'm spending like 30 minutes and answering uh, slack messages and so on. So it's not too as disruptive for me as it is for, for actual makers. I also write a lot. So like whenever there's a meeting, I make sure that there are action items after that meeting. First of all, there's always an agenda. Whenever I'm organizing a meeting, there's an agenda where people know exactly what to expect during that meeting. Right after, during the meeting, I usually take notes, but if I am busy, I assign someone as the note taker. There are always action items and I assign DRIs for all those action items. DRIs are directly responsible individuals or the owners of those action items, which basically helps in making sure that there is action being taken on those action items uh, rather than not happening anything at all. So I think since most of my days actually spent in meetings, my main goal is to make meetings as productive as I can, reaching to conclusions and decisions by the end of the meetings. And if we are not reaching to decisions, then making sure that there are proper action items with clear owners so that next steps are very clear and things can move along.
1: That's a, that's a very um, complete answer. That's very, uh, yeah, you have a very, very well thought out process. I, I'm curious though when you say you try to schedule meetings uh, so your engineers have uninterrupted work time then how, how do you do that? Then are all your meetings with them either the beginning or the end of the day or how do you, how do, you do that?
0: I look up their calendar. So I look up their calendar and <clears throat> I see what other meetings they have. For example, if they already have a meeting at say 1230 then I would set up my meeting from like 12 to 12.30 or from like 1 to 1.30. So I just try to get my meeting right
1: uh, before or after another meeting that they already have on their calendar. I see. Okay. Yeah. Could you share a personal habit that contributes to your success?
0: Firstly, I actually owe a lot to Amazon for for the awesome leadership principles that they have. Like I am a very firm believer, believer in Amazon's leadership principles and I follow them even to this day. (laughs) And I've added a few more Lambda values to those Amazon's leadership principles. But in terms of like the two personal habits, which are also, which now that I know Amazon's leadership principles and Lambda values, I'm realizing that I have two personal values which I can actually map to, to two of these principles slash values. One is uh, organizing chaos, which is one of Lambda School's values. Uh, and the second one is bias for action, which is one of Amazon's leadership principles. Like In my day-to-day normal life, I, I try to keep things well-organized and also I try to make sure that things are moving along starting from things like whenever uh, like I always maintain a to-do list in my uh, in my cell phone and whenever my wife has some, like a grocery thing uh, a grocery item to order uh, or like if we are watching TV and she's like oh I think we need to order this I just put it down in my list of grocery items so that we know when we are going to order something there's a list that we that we can take along. Like, I, I don't like having a l- list on a refrigerator <laughs> because then you'll have to move, go to the refrigerator, pick up a pen, and then write it down. I rather prefer having a list in my cell phone so that I can just take out the cell phone right then and then write it down in the cell phone, which I think is uh, a lot more efficient. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. Wow, I can tell you are really, really organized. Um, that's awesome. Could you share maybe an internet resource or tool that you use for work that you can't live without? Um, oh, does it have to be
0: related to work? Like my my morning routine is usually just going through a lot of news, uh, specifically, specifically news about startups. And I'm a very avid follower of TechCrunch. Like every day I go through all the articles which I have uh, which are new on TechCrunch. So I make sure that I'm reading each and every article on TechCrunch, oh, wow. which means that I'm not missing out on any startup-related information. So yeah, I think like uh, TechCrunch is my go-to resource on the internet for, for just expanding my knowledge about the startup and technic- uh, and. Uh, tech ecosystem in general.
1: I see. Okay, so you read Tech TechCrunch to understand a lot to understand about the tech ecosystem and what's going on. I mean, it's it's not just TechCrunch, but it's like the primary source of
0: my of my startup information is TechCrunch, and then I read a lot. I follow a lot of people on Twitter, although I do not have a great Twitter following, but I I follow a lot of VCs and founders on Twitter. So a lot of the articles on TechCrunch are just basically just the news uh, are basically just tweets which have been happening the previous day. And then I see a lot of those TechCrunch articles. uh, uh,
1: If you could recommend one book to managers, what would it be and why? uh,
0: Start with Why by Simon Sinek uh, would be the book that I would recommend. The reason is that I believe that Every engineering leader should have uh, should have a touch of product management to the way uh, they work. Um, this is because engineering leaders are not just building products; they are building products for a reason. There is always uh, there is always a customer. There is always a reason why you are building something. So you should not just build things. You should build things just because there is because there is a problem uh, or there is a need for it. And this book uh, teaches you what is the best way to judge if you're working on the right thing or not by always asking the question uh, why you are doing the thing that you are doing. Uh, this, This theory also helps me out a lot when I'm writing documents or suggesting ideas because when I start writing a document, I usually start them with a very, very basic framework of, you know, there's a blank document And I would create three sections. The first section would be why, second would be what, and third would be how. And then I would start filling in information about why I'm suggesting this idea. And then what is the actual idea and what would be my approach to to actually uh, to implement this idea. And then I start, and then I delete the headlines why, what, and how, and I put the actual headlines in there, just like usually why is replaced by, you know, this is my new product that I'm suggesting or this is my new thing that I'm suggesting. And then what is, you know, these are the different aspects of it. And then how is timelines or this is how we are going to implement it and so on.
1: Yeah, that's a really good book. Uh, He has a good tech talk too. Uh, Ted talk, I think it was on this, which I saw. What is your approach to mentoring and coaching members of your team? I have, I schedule,
0: firstly, I have regular one-on-ones. Those are on a weekly basis. Every alternate one-on-one is is fixed for career-related discussions always. Uh, so I actually call them career-oriented one-on-ones. In those one-on-ones, I I set up a fixed agenda item where I only discuss, not only, but like the first agenda item that that we discuss is uh, anything related to career growth. Uh, I've seen that a lot of people are just shy about discussing their career path or discussing exactly where they want to go in their career. They are just not very comfortable in speaking about these things, just because they think maybe this is not the right time for me to have this discussion. Maybe I just need to continue to, show more progress and deliver more before i can even start having a discussion about exactly if i want to get promoted or if i want to move to management or if i want to move to product management and so on uh, so i encourage people a lot through these one on ones and by keeping a fixed agenda item to actually open up and start discussing the start discussing their growth path so i ask them i have been following this model called grow grow which is popularized by Google, uh, where I ask them the four questions which are under the GROW model, where the questions are mostly centered around like exactly uh, what are you doing right now? Where do you want to go next? And what do you think you should work on if you want to go to the place or if you want to get to where you you want to uh, get to? So it forces people to think about their career a lot more, Um, and a lot of, and most of my directs have initially, like initially they were a bit amused by this. They're like, why are we doing this? And then when I actually asked them the question, they are like, yeah, we never thought about it. And this is a good way to think about, uh, think about my career. And one of them actually also said that, yeah, I had not thought about this, but now when I'm thinking about it, I think I want to be a product manager and is on on that path now.
1: That's really interesting how you, every other one-on-one, you focus it on career or at least start with that. That's really nice. It's very, very nice. Yeah. Well, uh, where can we go to learn more about you? If people want to read more about you, I think you said you were doing some writing.
0: I have started uh, contributing to Medium. So far, I've only contributed two articles, but I have lots of private notes that I'm and i'm turning them into uh, into public blog posts and articles mostly through medium most of the information about my background is definitely on linkedin so you can get me touch uh, you can get in touch with me on linkedin uh, i'm also on twitter uh, and github
1: okay hamanshu i'll post links to those in in the interview notes so you've been really generous with your time i really appreciate you coming on to managers club today and for uh, reaching out to me Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vidal, for having me. You too. My pleasure. Hi there. I hope you found this interview valuable. For more interviews, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and visit the Manager's Club website at www.managersclub.com to find additional resources, interviews, transcripts, and a couple books that I wrote on engineering management to help and inspire you. Thank you.